0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Commentary. As always, this is DC, and I am joined with Tyler, who is having a deep swig of a beer. How's it going, Tyler?
1: Oh, just fantastic. Yeah? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it, bud.
0: Let's get to it. So uh, before we get started, I do want to thank all our listeners out there. Uh, if you haven't already followed us on all our platforms, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Anchor, um, and plenty more. You can also follow us on Twitter at Unsport Comment. Again, at Unsport Comment. But let's go ahead and jump right into the action. And uh, we're going to start talking about the Colts and the Titans game, which happened this past Thursday. And we had both uh, made a prediction that the Titans were going to beat the Colts. They were favored by two and both took them to cover. Uh, We were were wrong. For the first half of the game, it was looking like we were going to be right. But after that, it was all downhill for the Titans. What would you like to add about this game, Tyler?
1: When we picked this shit on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. uh, I think the line was in favor of Tennessee by two points. By Thursday morning before kickoff, or Thursday morning, the line moved to even. So, even betters didn't really know what to do. Um, there was a part of me that wanted to take the Colts in this game because what Tennessee's focal point on offense is, is Indianapolis's biggest strength on defense, and that's stopping the run. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and – We've seen it in the past. If they can take Derrick Henry, all, I mean, you can't take him out of the equation completely. I mean, he still had over 100 yards, but keep him out of the end zone. Keep him from those big, you know, big-time runs that just demoralize the defense, which is what they did. Um, Tannehill, again, didn't look super great because the run game wasn't really there.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, Derrick Henry – ran over a hundred yards on 19 attempts. I said that. Yeah. Like the run game wasn't absent.
1: I I didn't say it was, but the run game was not what it usually is for Tennessee to be effective on offense
0: in in the second half. Yes. Um, But I don't know if I, I kind of wonder, did they go away from the run too, too soon because they were having a lot of success in the first half. They went into the halftime with the lead. I don't think they scored a single point in the second half. And uh, yeah, the offense just kind of stagnated after that, and and I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that they went away from the run because because Derrick Henry was finding finding ways to gash him up. Um, so I, I was actually surprised to see see that final line. If you're a Derrick Henry fantasy owner, you got to be pretty frustrated. He had not one but two goal line opportunities vultured by mm-hmm. guys that <laughs> never get running touchdowns. Um, that's the way it goes. Colts, to their credit, looked uh, looked pretty decent out there. Um, they had a nice game. That's rebound after the disappointing loss to the Ravens the previous week. Uh, so Colts fans, yeah, you got to be happy with that. Do you think Phillip Rivers is starting to find his rhythm with the Colts?
1: No, um, because he has games like this and then mm-hmm. goes out the next week and completely stinks it up. He Phillip Rivers is not going to find a rhythm with the Colts. He's He's too old. And he's also wildly erratic with the football. So he can have sound games like this, throwing for 308 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But he's also capable of having a game where he th- turns the ball over three times. Um <clears throat> I, the, the Colts are a quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders. I don't I, didn't, I don't see Philip Rivers being on the roster next season so free agency and possibly a draft day move in the first round uh, is going to be pretty interesting come once the offseason comes.
0: Yeah, I do agree with you. I think the Colts are are pretty close to, to having that final piece to be in big contenders. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing that's interesting is uh, that the the like Russian roulette of running back they got going on right now. Uh, you got to pick which one of them is going to destroy you in a game. And uh, this, this uh, past week we saw Naheem Hines get, get some really, really nice plays. And it's just, if you're a, a Colts owner of any one of the running backs, you have no idea what to expect on any, any given games.
1: Unfortunately, I think this is a, a trend that's starting to become a lot more popular in the NFL while it proves effective for NFL teams and run schemes and, and offenses as a whole, <clears throat> this whole running back co- by committee shit is becoming a trend in the mm-hmm. NFL. When you're talking about an NFL that over the past couple of years has been like a super pass happy league. We always had like four or five dominant every down backs. We're really kind of down to like two. And Derrick Henry, Henry and Dalvin Cook, like you can't say that, I, there's probably people throwing their arms up going, "Well, fucking Alvin Kamara." No, Latavius Murray gets a fuckload of work every he week, does. especially so,
0: especially mm-hmm. on the run game and in the uh, the first uh, couple downs as well. He's he's been Alvin, getting a lot of work.
1: Alvin Kamara of- is
0: more of a receiver than he is a running back. He's really become <laughs> a third down back, uh, amazingly enough. Um, that will you know get in a few series here and there, he'll start the game as well. Uh, But you're right that Latavius Murray is, is getting a lot of touches there. And, you know, you look at just about every running back position across the league, Aaron Jones, same Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, Jamal Williams gets a lot of touches in that offense. I mean, you still have these running backs that are like, I don't know, call them quasi or semi uh, dominant bell cows. they're they're still putting up enough to be fantasy relevant. Um, Oh, yeah. Right. But the the thing is, is you are going to start seeing a lot less of that uh, as far as uh, the Dalvin Cooks, the Derrick Henrys, the guys that will really carry your team offensively uh, from the running back position. And for fantasy players, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because I do think it's going to add parity to leagues in the sense that it's going to be a lot closer. It's really going to be hard to say, yeah, this is the team. Christian McCaffrey. We've tried with Christian McCaffrey.
1: I'm going to yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm going to throw him in there. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, sure. When he's healthy, obviously. Um, Dude is having a
1: really hard time of doing that lately. He has. Yes,
0: he has. Speaking of which, if you have Mike Davis, I said it last week, if you have Mike Davis, don't get, give up on him yet unless you absolutely have to because guess what? McCaffrey's not playing this week, and guess who is? Mike Davis.
1: Yeah, and he draws a really bad matchup going back into that starting role.
0: He does. He does. But he's he's had some decent games against Mad matchups, so we'll see how it goes. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the upcoming games of the week, and let's go ahead and dive right into those. Uh, Washington football team versus the Lions. At the Lions, I should say, is going to be our first game we're covering. We're going to start with the best game of the week right here. Detroit favored by three and a half points. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I got him covering. Like... (sighs) You're talking about two underwhelming teams, yes. right? You've got Washington, who is just a fucking mess on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially now that, they, that the quarterback got hurt. I mean, Kyle Allen being out. You got Alex Smith coming in. Uh, um,
1: Alex Smith getting his – he's getting his first – first yeah. official, like he's played in the last <clears throat> two or three games, but he's getting his first official start at quarterback since right. – his leg injury on the 18th of November, almost exactly two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, it's a great story. There's a lot of people clamoring that he should be the comeback player of the year. And yeah, no, not really. Like it's super impressive that he's worked his way back onto the field, but comeback player, a lot of the comeback player of the year conversation comes from, you know coming back after a bad injury and you know playing well which he has not he's mm-hmm. looked really shaky in the pocket
0: yeah no um, he, he has um it's you know it's uh he plays a very first of all he plays a very difficult position yeah obviously uh one position where just being a little off your rhythm uh, just a half second off your rhythm can make make or break you know There'd be a huge difference on as to are you making the correct pass the correct read versus are you throwing an interception and he definitely is rusty that, that that is very clear he's no spring chicken he's obviously up there in in years already um he, he's been in the league for a while yeah he's what well, you don't you don't like the that
1: that phrase it's such an old man reference yeah He's no spring chicken, folks, let me tell you. 23 <laughs> skidoo. Blah. Get the fuck out of here. Um, no, nah, I mean, Washington has lost five consecutive road games dating yeah. back to last year, and in those five losses, they're only averaging 17 points. Yeah. Detroit's not that great either. No, they're started, not. Since the start of 2019, they're 2-9 two and nine at home. And they're one of two teams looking for their first win at home this season. Can you guess who the other one is? Should be super easy to figure Mm, out. Is it the team that doesn't have a win yet? Yes, it is the (laughs) J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. This game ultimately for me breaks down to who's playing quarterback. I have more faith in Matthew Stafford. I have no faith in the Washington football team. I got the Lions covering at three and a half points. So I also
0: have the Lions covering. Although I will, th- I, I will think that it's going to be closer, closer than people realize. In the sense that the Lions, I mean, they're without their their best receiver, Matthew Stafford's coming off of uh, injury with uh, the concussion protocol they're not looking especially good they had a couple they had a couple of games stretched there where they were looking like a decent team they had come off a couple rough losses they started uh, stringing a couple wins together they have since then lost whatever mojo they had going on and the washington football team is one of the best uh at guarding receivers um and and eliminating the pass game they have only allowed one receiver to get over 80 yards against their defense this entire season. So the Washington football team is going to present a challenge for the lions and it's going to come down to, can the lions with their running back committee be able to move the ball on the ground? Cause if they can, then yeah, they're, they're going to go ahead and take this one pretty handily. If they can't take the ball uh, can't move the ball on the ground, they are going to have a hard time moving the ball through the air against this underrated Washington football team uh, pass defense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't necessarily come out and say it was going to be a blowout. I just, I, at three and a half, essentially you're, you're, you're asking, are they going to win by more than a field goal? And I'm like, yeah, I would would tilt more towards Detroit than Washington, who in a game last week that we all picked them to beat the fucking giants didn't happen. So I'm going to try and just get my GPA up. I'm taking the lines it over.
0: Okay. Me too. So next game on the docket, Jags and Packers. This is the biggest mm. line of the week at 13 mm-hmm. and a half points in favor of green Bay. Yep. Do you have them cover? I mean, obviously we, we you have the backers winning. Do you yes. have them covering?
1: <laughs> no. So you're taking them at under. I'm taking them at under.
0: Okay. Tell me
1: why I'm, I'm, I disagree with you, but go ahead and give me, you can disagree with me all you want, man. All right. All right. Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback is Mm -hmm. 14 and three in games against teams with a winning percentage of 0.125 or worse. That's what the Jaguars are. Mm -hmm. They have, they have one win. Mm -hmm. The Packers not even, I'm, I'm taking it back to last season. In games that they were supposed to win outright have looked pedestrian in some ways. <laughs> Their defense is not that great. Uh Jake Luton Lutton or whatever. I mean, he looked fairly decent. Yeah. Against yeah, the Houston Texans yeah. last week, uh, even in a loss. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah. A, give a me very a, close loss, yeah. I just I I think the Jaguars are going to – It's the Packers not covering a 13-point line is going to come from garbage time. I'm not saying that it's going to be a three-point game or it's going to be a one-score game. No, but I think the Jaguars are going to do enough in garbage time to at least bring it within 12 points.
0: It's certainly possible, especially with Jair Alexander most likely not playing. Mm -hmm. When the Packers are down down their top cornerback, uh, you, that does give G, DJ Chark a nice path to having a good, solid fantasy week, a good uh, production there. However, the reason I am taking the Packers to cover, because um, I, I was having a hard time with this one. Um, it's such a big, not that it's hard to see who's going to win. It's such a big line. It's, you know, it's really hard when you're, you're picking a line that big. And so I looked at what what the each team's been doing lately. And in their last five games, each the jaguars have had three games where they have lost by more than 13 and a half points right by 14 Mm -hmm. points or more the packers have won at least three games by 14 points or more all right who did the packers beat by those margins let's see they beat the niners they beat houston and they beat atlanta all teams better than the jaguars who did the jaguars lose to by uh by those points well they lost to detroit they lost to houston um, and Cincinnati. So it's – you look at who the, how they've been playing lately, the Packers have been able to put away teams that are better than the Jags by pretty significant margins somewhat consistently. So for that
1: reason, I will go ahead and take the Packers to cover. I'll argue the counter. Take everything you just said, okay? There, it's at Lambeau. Uh-huh. Nobody's expecting the Jaguars to contend. Now I think we saw a little bit of a spark of that last week, with with Jake Lutton coming in and taking his first NFL snaps without taking a snap over a season. Uh, I, I, I I'm trying to be very clear here. I am not picking the Jaguars to win. I don't think it's going to be close. But I think I, I think it's going to something something is going to happen happen in garbage time.
0: Sure.
1: I mean it's. 13 and a point-
0: half is a big line. Yes. That is a big line. Um, you, can, you can be up 20 points, and then the other team gets a garbage down, time touchdown, and boom, there, it's a 13-point game. There, there goes the line. Um, here's, I,
1: yeah. Here's, yeah. A, here's a, just an interesting little stat that I saw this afternoon. Uh-huh. Uh, Devontae Adams joined this season, joined Calvin Johnson as the only players in NFL history to have three games – with 10 receptions, 150 receiving yards and a touchdown in a season. Wow. That's Megatron playing the whole year. Adams has only played 6 games. He's been And uh, and level. this I I could easily see him adding his 4th game like that this week because there's nobody on that Jaguars defense that can cover him.
0: Yeah. Well, I agree. Um he is I, I think you got to say he's he's the most dangerous wide receiver and I'm not going to say he's the best all around yet but he is the most dangerous in the sense that dalvin cook is the most dangerous running back but i'm not necessarily sure he's better than derrick henry Devonte adams is the most dangerous wide receiver i'm not yes. sure he's better than d hopkins yet um right yeah, right but um, he's 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 incredible yeah his his footwork his foot like i think i said it a couple weeks ago But Devontae Adams' footwork is simply amazing. The way he makes... Yeah, like he makes uh, very, very sophisticated routes look so simple and easy. But if you were to try to go out there and do it, you'd be tripping all over yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, when he's healthy, Adams is a a top... It's between him and D-Hop at this point. Right. Julio's falling out of that conversation. Michael Thomas was never really in that conversation for me. I... I'm sorry. I, I have a hard time holding Michael Thomas on the same conversation fucking tier as Devontae and DeAndre Hopkins. When really Michael Thomas, like, I don't know, 75% of his work comes off of slants. So. I
0: don't, I don't, I'm not as dismissive of Michael Thomas as you are. I don't think for, I mean, I think we both couldn't say that you can't look at this year's body of work because he's been injured, but I get what you're saying last year. He had a big season, but a lot of it was, like you said, he was producing off those like uh, yep. those short routes. But one of the things that Michael Thomas just like, just like I said about Devonte Adams, right? People always talk about receivers in their hands. They don't pay enough attention to receivers in their feet. And yes, Michael Thomas runs a lot of short routes, but you know what he does? He gets open on those short routes. Um, but I, he, he's look, like, Michael Thomas isn't in the conversation this year, but I don't think it's, I think it's premature to say he's not going to be in that conversation next year. We'll see. We'll see, but Devontae Adams is taking the torch. He is going to be the next best receiver in the game. Yeah, if he's not there already,
1: he'd already be there if he was. If the last like season and a half weren't torn by fucking injuries and shit. Yeah, yeah, and if
0: DeAndre Hopkins just didn't continue to be so good for so long, he's been very. DeAndre Hopkins has been very uh, consistent with his production. It's very very impressive. Um, all right, so you are taking the Packers under. I'm taking them to cover. Let's go ahead and move on to the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, Eagles are favored by four, and this is a game that we look at and like, yeah, they, they should cover that, like, easily, but I feel like it, they're not going to easily cover it. I do think they are, but I don't think it's – I just – you know they're going to disappoint everyone who's a Philly fan.
1: I think – what's getting looked over a little bit is the people that Philadelphia could be getting back.
0: Like uh, as far as their receivers.
1: Not just Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rager. They're getting two of their starting O-linemen back. And that O-line has been a nightmare. With that. So that's. A big plus. Miles Sanders is coming back. He's completely off the injury report. He's playing. And <clears throat> they're getting one of their two starting tight ends back. Dallas Goddard is expected to play. Coming off of a bye week, and especially with how bad they played these guys last time. The Eagles have been winning ugly for this year during the season, but I have more faith in them to go in and be able to go into New York and secure this rat a lot easier than most would anticipate with how bad the Eagles have looked this year.
0: So I I think what you're saying is there, if there's a week for them to to win pretty, this is going to be that week.
1: I mean, pretty ish. Yeah. I mean, all right. You know, I mean, that's fair. You make a good case. I I mean, the Giants didn't. Again, the Giants haven't looked impressive. People saying that the Giants are one of the best worst teams in the NFL. No, I don't fucking. No, I don't see it. No. I don't. Say, you you hear that shit from like fucking like Max Kellerman and shit like that on on First Take, which I'm just like, how can you be the one of the best worst teams? No. Like, no, you're bad. You're at the bottom right. of the fucking league. Daniel, that, Jones, that award
0: goes to like the Minnesota Vikings or the Atlanta Falcons. Like those are the the good bad teams. It's not the it's not the Giants.
1: No, that, that award goes to the Carolina Panthers. Above, yeah. I'll, I'll give
0: you four, I'll give you four bad teams that are better than the Giants right now. Sure. The Panthers, Panthers, uh, the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Chargers. All bad teams,
1: all better than the Giants in a heartbeat. So, when you're talking about like the, the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, the number what was he number six overall pick. Couple years back? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he was number six. In that ballpark, yeah. He has four wins in his
0: career. And yeah, and they're all and three of them are against the Washington
1: four. All them, four. All four against the Washington football He team. has a 16 consecutive game losing streak against teams not based out of Washington, D.C. Wow. Wow. Since the start of last season. He has 36 turnovers, including at least one turnover in 20 of his last 22 games. I, I I don't see what Giants fans or some of these other commentators and analysis see in Daniel Jones. I don't fucking see it. I get it, dude. You played for you play for a bad team. Yeah, you're missing your best player on that team. Yes, your O lines bad. Your defense is okay against the run. We did
0: forget to mention Saquon Barkley. As far as the workhorse backs, he is uh, when he's when he's playing for the Giants, he is a workhorse back.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the O line's going to obviously just let him get lit up. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like you can be a workhorse on a bad team. And I mean, like look at Leonard Fournette for like five fucking years. Right. Like he was the – especially like the last two years he was in Jacksonville, he was the every down back. He didn't have a backup, mm-hmm. but he wasn't finding the end zone. No, he wasn't. Uh, you talk about the Giants defense. That is good. Their front seven is underrated. Yes. Yes. They rank 25th against the fucking pass, though. Yeah. So if there's any way that this Eagles team is going to deliver a victory – very easily, it's going to be passing on this fucking garbage secondary.
0: And if you're a bad team, like the, the Giants combined to have an overall average defense good up front, bad in the secondary, the overall average. And their offense is awful. You can't be a, you can't win in this league with an awful offense unless your defense is absolutely spectacular.
1: So, I mean, the Bears have a winning record
0: their defense is a lot better i mean that's uh you know uh, their defense is fairly spectacular but let's go ahead and move on we're taking the eagles to cover in this one right yeah yeah all right uh bucks and panthers is the next game um speaking of teams that are uh you know good bad teams panthers definitely fall into that category they like they've lost a lot they're three and six they've lost a lot of games but they do not lose by a lot in games. And they're going to make this one close, I think. Uh, the, the line is very fair. I I really wanted to make this one my upset pick of the week. Like, we talked about this earlier today. I really wanted to. You get, but I just you, couldn't you, pull you, the trigger. I couldn't because uh, Tom Brady's covering. covering?
1: I, have, I have them under. I, I'm taking them at under. Ooh, that's that's even that's almost ballsier than picking them as an upset. Yeah, no, I'm
0: I'm taking the Bucks at under, but the, the look, I I can't take the Panthers to win because Tom Brady got his ass kicked so bad last week, and yeah. he's not the type of guy that's going to do that two weeks in a row.
1: No, and I have a stat to back it up. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, know, I know you do. Like, it's- I, I, I got, I got one right. I'm looking right at it. I, right. I'm so happy you took him at under. Go ahead. I, I, I'll save, I'll save that one for last because it's my favorite. Okay. So you're already talking about a Panthers team that got Christian McCaffrey back for a week, and then <laughs> poof, he's gone again with a new injury. Poof. And it sucks because it wasn't even a game, like. They didn't even win. That sucks. Yeah. Like they played the fucking, chiefs. they played the, they played the chiefs close, man. They like, they, they were an onside sick uh, and onside kick recovery away from, from potentially winning that game. Mm-hmm. Um But eh, Bridgewater hasn't had to face many teams with dominant pass rushes outside of, Tampa. I mean, the the Chargers. They played. I think in Week Three. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was Herbert's second start, and they ended up winning that game. And you, obviously, you got Joey Bosa, uh, Melvin Ingram. In in the Week Two game, though, where the Panthers played host, or the Buccaneers played host to the Panthers, Bridgewater was sacked five times and pressured fifteen times. Mm-hmm. The Bucks beat the brakes off the Panthers in that game. Now, I get it. You know, maybe that was Bridgewater still finding his way into this offense with, I mean, coming into a new team, uh, new head coach, you know, no OTAs, no preseason. Who knows? Maybe that was it. But not just on the pass rush side, Tampa Bay averages 77.9 rushing yards allowed per game and – 3.3 3.3 yards per rush which are both league bests right now and mike davis has shined he's he's sh- he's done a lot of good mm-hmm. i think it's going to be a little bit too much for him though and brady i'm giving it to you from the fantasy side for for brady following his last four single-digit fantasy performances that following week averages 21.3 points. Brady has gotten lit up four or five times in his career by 30-plus points, and then comes back that next week and absolutely dominates. And if if there's a defense he can try and fucking dominate, yeah, it, it's going to be that Carolina defense. It has looked – Better than advertised, but no. Bucks are the Bucks are absolutely covering that line.
0: It's so the Panthers' defense very good against the pass, very bad against the run. One of the best pass defenses in the league, one of the worst run defenses in the league. It, we're gonna have to see Tampa Bay come out and try to establish the run game. <laughs> I mean, this is a team that just had a game where they set an NFL record for fewest rush attempts with five, and one of those being a kneel downs. If they use that kind of – that's not going to happen again, obviously, right? But if they go with that kind of a game script, they're playing to to, to Carolina's strengths on defense. They need to establish the run. They need to figure out what their run game is. And right now, it doesn't feel like Tampa Bay has a whole lot of confidence in their running backs. And that's an issue because this is a team that you want to use your running backs to exploit. He wants to run the ball against the Panthers. Todd Gurley made this team look silly with yardage, not just with t- forget touch that, with yardage, Todd Gurley, right? This is the guy that they can't break sixty yards in the game. He had over a hundred yards against this, this defense running the ball. So Tampa Bay is going to need to run the ball. Uh, if they try to pass the ball, they are going to run into some hurdles, um, especially with the receivers being banged up. Antonio Brown still not being quite fully in game shape. Um, and, and Tom Brady, this is, the, you know, we talked about this before. This is, the, we're entering the second half of the season. And for the past three years, four years, maybe his uh, Tom Brady has had uh, significant statistical declines in his game in the second half of seasons. Um, yeah. And this uh, is, we're entering that, we're entering, we're entering that zone. And last week, hey, last week. Okay. Was. No. Yeah. He has, yeah. he has yet to prove he, he is not being affected by the second half of the season this year.
1: I prove. mean, he's yet to prove it because he had people in his face all goddamn night. Sure. The, 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 the Panthers don't create that kind of pressure. They can't unless they send 10 leaving just one guy by himself. Just leave one guy by there. Fuck and, yeah, just have a dude at the goal line. And blitz everyone.
0: You guys go ahead and take him. I'll, I'll, I'll cover everyone. No,
1: I, I think last week was a uh, big reality check for, for Brady, for that entire team as a whole. A five-and-a-half-point line. I would have taken the books at seven. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, I mean, all right. That's. Look, I definitely see the argument for. Tampa Bay just got the asses stomped. They're they're looking to to fuck fuck someone up, and Tom Brady, like you said, historically, when he has a bad game, comes back has a great game. So I definitely see the arguments.
1: I, I don't see your argument at all.
0: I think the Panthers. I'm sorry, bud. Look, the Panthers. What have they done this year? They've kept games close. That's what Panthers have done this year, and that—that's been whether they win or lose, they play games close. We'll see. Um, you, you don't have any. You don't have any faith in the Panthers
1: in this one. No. Even after what they did last week, no. I don't. I don't. I don't have much faith.
0: All
1: right. All right. Um. So.
0: Real quick, I do want to look at some, some, uh, some defensive statistics here. Uh, and the Carolina Panthers have been – look, they've been pretty good. They haven't been terrible. The rush game, weak. The rush game's weak. They've given up over a 1,000 yards running so far. But pass yards – under 250 pass yards a game. They're not bad. They're not bad. Well,
1: they're week. certainly they're not going to be good this week.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. You are taking Tampa Bay at over. I am taking Tampa Bay at under. Um, and with that, we're going to go ahead and go on to the next game. And that is the Broncos and the Raiders. Raiders with the four-point favorite line. What you got?
1: Yeah. Give me the Raiders covering. Yeah, like uh, I I toyed with the idea of making this my upset pick. Um but no. <laughs> Drew Locke doesn't seem to wake up until the fourth fucking quarter when it's already too fucking late. I uh, the difference, though, I think, in this game, with the you know the line being at four, it's got to be for the Broncos, for them to have a shot at winning this game, it has to be the, the, the Raiders' rush defense. Six out of their last eight opponents have had two rushing touchdowns a game. They can't stop a goddamn nosebleed when they're sending people up the middle. I like Philip Lindsay in this game. We'll get into it uh, tomorrow when we do our fantasy rankings, but I don't even have Melvin Gordon in my top 20. I got Philip Lindsay as a sleeper. Um, but I, I'm i sorry. i I got more faith in John Gruden and a team that has played games very well through this year. I think the Raiders are honestly one of the more underrated teams in the NFL. Um Derek Carr has the third best touchdown to interception ratio this this season. Mm-hmm. Six TDs, two picks. I, I just, I don't, I don't have enough faith in Drew Locke putting together a complete game for me to choose the Broncos over the Raiders. I it, have the Raiders. It's hard at home. not.
0: Yeah, as, as someone who's not a fan of either team. It's hard for me to like look at this game objectively and not be like, yeah, the Raiders are the better team. They are. The Raiders are clearly the better team. They're more well-balanced on offense, more well-balanced on defense. Um, I mean, they're not the – teams have – both teams have weaknesses and, and issues, but I think the Broncos have significantly greater issues than the Raiders. Raiders are at home, like you said, and uh, this is only a, a four-point line. I don't see much. I don't see much argument to make for the Broncos in covering this one. I, they could. They could. The, the Raiders aren't a dominant enough team to say for sure. Yeah, th- this is this is going to be like hands down safe bet. But I also don't see much argument for the Broncos on their side. Give me the Raiders. Who, at, who, give me the Raiders who, at four.
1: Who do you think is the better team, Raiders or the Falcons? Raiders okay see the broncos just, just lost, lost the, falcons. Yeah. the falcons and didn't make up a lot of their fucking time until garbage time
0: yeah
1: yeah um but i do think that the falcons
0: are they're a weird team to use in that kind of a that, that kind of a comparison because no they're not Yeah, uh, no they are because the the falcons i don't know what the fuck you get with the falcons they're so they're so inconsistent they're some teams are inconsistent from game to game. The the Falcons are consistent from quarter to quarter. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't fucking know what the what the Falcons are gonna do. But yeah, I think the Raiders are a better team. They're a more consistent team. So uh, I'll take I'll take the
1: Raiders. Yeah, no, I I got the Raiders covering in this yeah. one. All
0: right. all right. I just all right. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this game? Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Okay. Uh nice.
1: Okay, no? moving
0: on. <laughs> okay, so we we'll are go ahead and take our first break. Coming up next is going to be the second uh, slate of games that we got to talk about. So stick around. More football talk coming up. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to get into the second half of the games. And I think this is where we get into the, the really good games and the lineup for this week. We're going to start with the Chargers and the Dolphins. Uh, two surprisingly entertaining teams to watch this year. I don't think anyone would have said, uh, you know, at the start of the season, hey, you know what? In week ten, I look forward to the Chargers and the Dolphins playing, but I actually look forward to them playing. This should be a fun game.
1: What a neat take to Thank have you. on this game. That's That's just so so cool. I can't say you know. In week, nobody thought at the beginning of the season. Week 10 I, Well, tell to me I'm wrong. Tell no.
0: me I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. I don't wrong. know.
1: No, yeah, no i, I can not wrong. You've got the number five and the number six pick going head to head this week. Yeah. We all figured that both would be starting for their teams at the halfway point of the season. Yeah, but I mean,
0: we we didn't think that any team would be like entertaining, and the teams are. I'm not talking about like forget the the matchup between the prospects. I'm talking about the actual games because Throwing the Chargers jazz hands
1: yes. up. I mean, fucking
0: the Chargers are losing, but they've been playing. Really entertaining games. They're playing teams very close, putting up a lot of points. And the Dolphins have been much better than expected at 5-3. and three. So, at as one-and-a-half point favorites, who's taking this one?
1: The Chargers are winning this game. I don't buy into fucking – I'm not buying into a hype right now. Okay, I'm not. All six of the Chargers' losses this season have been one-score games mm-hmm. tied for the – Tied for the most such losses with within a team's first eight games in NFL history. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I'm. I think Justin Herbert is the better quarterback. I think he has the better offensive scheme. Tua uh, and the Dolphins reluctantly have the better defense, but that's, I mean, you can't really sit there and make excuses like wow look at look at how many people they have hurt on the defensive side of the ball well sure Derwin James Joey Bosa is missing his second straight game sure um, I think this is the week the Chargers finally put enough together to pull out a win and I'm assuming by me saying that you have the Dolphins winning I have the Chargers Okay, All right. yeah. so yeah, I have the Chargers. Right. There, the, the suspense didn't need to be built up like that, where you're sitting there, <laughs> you gotta take a sip, you gotta furrow your brow, and just go, Well, God started up taking the Chargers. You convinced uh, me, you freckled fuck. <laughs>
0: you idiot. No, it's you know, you know, the, the do- it was this is a tough one to call. Um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was no, no, it was, and it's not not at because i buy at? at the line it's at no
1: this was not hard
0: to call at all it's not because i, I i'm belie- like I'm, I'm not believing or buying into the tua hype it's got nothing to do with that i mean i, I don't know what we have in tua yet cuz he hasn't really played enough for us to have much of an idea especially when one of his two starts the the dolphins did so well on defensive special teams he didn't mm-hmm. have to do anything right right um, and that, that's where I'm saying the Dolphins will be competitive from is they are underrated on defense, um, special teams and other aspects of the, of, of the ball. Uh, they've been better than expected. The Chargers, on the other hand, are struggling on defense. So uh, who, who's the better quarterback? I mean, at this point, you got to go with Herbert just because Herbert, he's yeah. he's he's shown it right. I'm not saying Tua won't ever get there or he might not be. But you have to go with Herbert with the body of work that he's put in for the season. Um, but Herbert's been one of the best players on the field every time he's, he's played this year and they're still like what, two and six. So it's, it's, I do, I do think the chargers are going to win, but it's, there's a clear path for Miami to pull this one out too. And it won't be because of, of who the better quarterback is. It'll be because who the better overall team is and Miami might be the better overall team. I don't know.
1: I I can see the argument for that. Overall, Mm -hmm. I think Miami right now,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: looking at the 53 men that they're lining up against the Chargers, I would give the edge to Miami Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as to who has the better overall team. Miami's played some ugly games. Mm -hmm. Miami's played some pretty good games. Yeah. I mean, like, and to his credit, he only has two career starts. One which you pointed out was the the defense special teams fest against the Rams, mm-hmm. and then you know they had us questioning like, okay, Tua didn't really have to do much to get that win. So who and but going into last week when the Dolphins squared off against the Cardinals on the road, Tua had a nice game, and Tua yeah. was I think do Tua was the difference maker in that game for the Dolphins to get the win, but. Tua hasn't been. I I don't like. Yeah, it it was a it was a three score game. Got it. But Kyler Murray also turned the ball over three times. Herbert, yeah. Herbert does not turn the ball over. He has seventeen touchdowns to only five interceptions. And for someone who got thrown into the fucking starting quarterback role five minutes before kickoff in Week Two, Mm -hmm. I'd say that's a pretty goddamn impressive stat line. It is. Um. And, and like uh, all of their losses have been one score games, and those one score games are coming against Mahomes and the Chiefs, Brady and the Bucks, Breeze and the the Saints. Like right. I, I'm, I mean, you throw in last week's fucking heartbreaker to the goddamn Raiders. I I think this is the week that Chargers fans aren't thinking about buying a toe attachment for their shotgun and they actually get a win. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I do too. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited for this game. I, I'm really looking forward to see the matchup between the quarterbacks. I'm looking forward to see uh, just both these teams perform. I, I really do kind of want the, the Chargers to win this one from, you know, obviously as a Bills fan, uh, I'd like some separation from the Dolphins. But also I would like to see uh, Justin Herbert get a, get a dub And Charger fans, uh, man.
1: Stroking yourself on both ends.
0: I feel for you, Charger.
1: Stroking yourself on both ends. I'd like the Dolphins to lose because I'm a Bills fan. And, boy, I would like Herbert to win because I'm a Ducks fan. That's
0: true. This is true, too. Those are all facts. Uh, Let's go on. Speaking of the Bills, let's talk about them for a minute. They are playing up against the Cardinals, and they are playing as – underdogs in this one um sure are, yeah the the bills and the seahawks in their matchup both underdogs this week Uh, i was a little bit surprised by that i'm not uh who you okay so you already taking the cardinals
1: Hmm. going into this game the bill's biggest concern has got to be containing kyler murray Kyler Murray just had his first 100-yard rushing game last week against the Dolphins in a loss, albeit. But Buffalo currently gives up 4.6 yards per carry. Kyler Murray averages 7.1. Arizona ranks second in the NFL in block win rate along their own line, while Buffalo ranks fourth in pass rush win rate. So their pass rush tends to get home more times than not. Um, yeah, no, I got the Bills winning. Uh, sorry. Uh,
0: yeah, I do too. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is like you said, the key to this is containing Kyler Murray. And the Bills just contained – And yes, I know that you look at the final stat line, it's going to tell a slightly different story. But if you watch the game, through the yeah. first half of that game, the Bills contained Russell Wilson. Yeah.
1: They made him very
0: uncomfortable. Russell Um, Wilson's
1: stat line came from garbage time.
0: Right. Uh, So, you know, this is one of those times where I think statistics can be a bit misleading. The the Bills have shown they are capable of containing mobile quarterbacks like the the Kyler Murray types. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't see – I don't really see where Arizona would have an edge in this one. It's it's not through their defense – Their defense does not compare to the Bills defense and their defense. I think is going to have an equally hard time containing Josh Allen, especially after he was able to find some rhythm last week. I mean, he had, he had a game.
1: I mean, Josh Allen, I I think Josh Allen's performance, the more I like sit, like sit back, think about it, go over the highlights and look at some of the stats that came from this game. I think you saw Josh Allen struggle for that four game stretch, mm-hmm. because he was Cole Beasley is a nice little slot receiver.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is Cole sure. Beasley's not a number two.
0: He's
1: not. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Gabriel Davis.
0: Yeah, he, can, he has flashes, he has flashes,
1: right? And right. I mean, one of those flashes was last week. Yes, absolutely. They were missing a legit number two receiving option because. I mean, Diggs is going to command a lot of attention when you're talking about the pass game. With John Brown, when John Brown came back, Mm -hmm. that opened up multiple aspects of that offense for Josh Allen. He had options to get that ball around that field he also had the option to be able to tuck it and run it if he so Correct. chose
0: because that's what john brown does he stretches defenses yeah. out and when you have a mobile quarterback having a quarterback that stretches defense doesn't just open up the other receivers in the passing game like you said it opens up the running lanes for the yeah. quarterback to be able to scramble better
1: absolutely and I, I'm, I'm sorry the the biggest difference maker for me in this one and it's why i don't understand the line you got the bills coming off a road win a dominant road win. It was at no, they Seattle. Were, It was home. Oh, it was, it was a home, home. game. I, it was home. Okay, yep. so don't matter, don't matter in what I'm about to say. Well, when, when there's empty, when the stadiums are empty, who cares? Right. <laughs> you get a dominating win for the Bills. Right. At home. Mm-hmm. Over the Seahawks, and then you had the Cardinals lose at home to the Dolphins. Explain to me why Arizona gets the two-and-a-half-point favorite when Car- when the Cardinals are the ones at home. I don't know. I The biggest difference between these two teams, both have dynamic offenses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Only one of those teams has a defense, though, and that would be Buffalo. Buffalo is going to win this game. I'm not going to so much say it's necessarily going to be a blowout. I think Arizona will find a way to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Ultimate, I, and I don't see it. I don't think it'll be as big of a fucking commanding blowout as, as y'all had last week against Seattle, but. Right. I could easily see this being a 10 point game.
0: Sure. Look, I mean, and, and this is one of those games, you know, like we always say, any given Sunday, the, the Bills could very well lose, but I, I have a hard time seeing them being the underdogs in this one. And I mean, the Lions at two and a half points, had it been a half point more in favor of uh, the Cardinals. Uh, this would have easily been. I think we would both be fighting for making this our upset pick of the week.
1: Oh, absolutely! Uh, part yeah. of me wanted me to take it as my right. upset, but I'm like, it's not three points, right? So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, one dynamic I do want to look at real quick is the Arizona running game. Which obviously, aside, let's remove Kyler Murray. We have Chase Edmonds, who disappointed in his time, his uh, his one start that he had. Yeah. Um, had decent volume, but not much uh, to show for it. And we have Kenyon Drake who is looking like he is going to be suiting up for this. Um, how do you see that backfield playing out this week?
1: I, I unfortunately think that a heavy amount of the totes going back to Kenyon Drake if he suits up. Um, Chase Edmonds, I, we've argued it through this entire season that we, we think he deserves to have the shot to be the number one. Mm-hmm. And he got it. And he did absolutely. He, 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 he blew it. Know he blew he, it. But you know what he did? He Devin Singletary'd it up. He did yeah. absolutely nothing with it. Yeah.
0: well he did a little better than Singletary did in his opportunities, but sure. Sure. Yeah, he blew it. And uh it's, you know, it's, well, well, I think what's got to be frustrating for a Cardinals fan is that Kenyon Drake can have five of these bad games. Like the one that that um Chase Edmonds had last week, but he's still gonna get gonna get the nod as the go-ahead number one guy. Um and I think that you're gonna I think here's what I think is gonna happen. Kenyon Drake's gonna get the start. He's gonna get the majority of touches. Chase Evans is gonna get the production. Probably. Uh, a game script that is all too familiar for Cardinals fans. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I don't know who I don't know. We'll see, man. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. And, man, another team that is listed as an upset, and I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit at this one, um, Seahawks at the Rams. Rams are two-point favorites, even though the Seahawks are number one in, in their very own division. Now, the Seahawks are coming off of a two-game skid. They, they played against the Bills, lost, and a week before that they lost. Are they going to have three losses in a row?
1: No, yeah, um, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Seattle has the best offense in, in the NFL and leads the NFL in scoring, averaging at 34.3 points per game. Mm-hmm. The Rams now. The Rams are only giving up an average of nine, 19 points per game, which is second best in the NFL. Personally, I feel that stat is heavily inflated. Based I'm off sorry. of some, based off of some of their opponents. Okay. Philly, the Giants, mm-hmm. the Redskins, the football team, sorry. Right. And then Chicago, that's four of their matchups right there. Neither, not, not one of those four teams. You can no, you can't really make a case for Philadelphia. Cause they've been fucking awful this year. Right. Like that's four, four of their wins. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Against bad offenses. Right. Like, and you look at, I mean, each of those four teams, if not had like Chicago has an elite defense, let's just like not even kind of try and fucking dispute that. Mm-hmm. But you look at Phil, you look at the giants, you look at the Washington Redskins, each of them have something they do right. One, at least one facet, right. On defense, Philly, Philly's got a good run defense. And their secondary is not horrible. The Giants, like we, we we pointed out earlier, the Giants have a, a decent run seven. defense. Yeah. Horrible, horrible secondary. And then the Washington, Washington has, an, in my opinion, an elite front four in, in, the, in the NFL right now. Yeah. And they have a good pass defense. They have a very good pass defense. I, I I saw this one stat right here. That uh, like this is the one that sealed it for me. Yeah. That's uh, that I that Seattle's gonna win this. The Rams have allowed the fewest completions on 20 plus yard plays downfield this season. I think it was like five for 22. And are the only team in the NFL that has yet to allow a passing touchdown on such a play. So the Rams have yet to give up a 20 plus yard touchdown this season. Russell Wilson has seven touchdowns on those throws this season, tied for second most in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson has not looked good the last two weeks.
0: And now I want to make a quick correction. Um, I said that the, the Seahawks have had a two-game skid. That, that's incorrect. They they lost to the Cardinals, beat the Niners, and then lost to the Bills. So they've lost two out of three. So my apologies there.
1: Thank um, God for the Niners to set everybody <laughs>
0: correct. <laughs> But, but, you know, you look at who have the Seahawks lost to. They've lost to the Cardinals. They've lost to the Bills. These are not bad teams. They've lost to very good competition. Um, that said, the Seahawks haven't necessarily beaten anyone worth mentioning. The, the best team they've beaten has been the Dolphins. They beat the Falcons. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Cowboys. Okay, that, that amounts to nothing they beat the vikings beat the niners and they beat the dolphins uh, they have yet to beat a quality like what i would consider to be like a true quality caliber team um and i think the the rams are kind of in that same boat so these are two teams that i think have somewhat inflated stats but i still got to take the seahawks in this one
1: okay so so you, you said that the, the seattle has beaten the dolphins the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh Vikings, Cowboys, Patriots, and Falcons. Okay. So the the Rams squeaked out a three point win over the Cowboys. Uh-huh. They lost to the 49ers. Correct. And lost to the Dolphins. I don't give a shit. This is not an elite team. Yeah. It's they're not. Now, albeit Seattle still has the worst defense in the NFL. They do strictly talking from a fantasy perspective if you've got any piece of that fucking LA Rams offense all oh, you need to start them yeah all oh, you need to start them. Jared oh, yeah. Goff is one of my top quarterbacks this week absolutely Goff absolutely. is Goff in the last four meetings against Seattle is averaging 331.8 passing yards per game and 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 they the, the Seattle's that was, Seattle wasn't that bad the last four meetings on the defensive side of the ball as they are now, golf's going to have a day as long as he doesn't turn it over. It's not enough. I think Russell Wilson is such a professional. And in my opinion, when you take in all accounts, I think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in this league right now. Taking a close loss to the Cardinals – beating up on the 49ers whoopty fucking do right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then getting shellacked by the bills. I think the Rams are going to come into town and they are going to beat the fuck out of that team. Just like the, like the redheaded stepchild. Like you are not elite. You do not belong in this conversation. If San Francisco wasn't the lead in the league and players on injured reserve, you wouldn't even be in this conversation.
0: I think this is a uh, this game is going to be a mer- like a, a race. Sorry, a race from the beginning. I think that Seattle's going to come out and they're going to come out gunning. They're going to come out slinging. They're going to be putting up points. The Rams are going to be trying to keep up. I I, I like the Seahawks to win this one. I mean, obviously, I think they're going to cover this. to, to me personally, this is actually one of the easier. And safest bets for me to make. The safest bet though that you can make in this game to me is the over-under, which is at 54 and a half points. And I think they're they're gonna go over. I easily see this game going over. But oh, yeah. with, the, with yeah. the way that these teams have played each other in the past, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the both teams are scoring in the 30s. Um, give me give me the over-under at give me the over at 60. I don't care. It,
1: this is gonna be a fun game to watch. This is gonna will. be this this is gonna be this year's Rams Chiefs game from like two years ago, yeah, where it was like both teams were in the 50s. Like, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh,
0: Russell Wilson, 28 touchdowns on the season, um, almost um, just under 300 pass attempts, over 2,500 yards. He's on pace for a 5,000 plus and uh, 56 touchdowns. That's what he's on pace to do this year. Uh, TK Metcalf, man, let's look at this guy right now 43 catches through eight games, right. Uh, 788 yards, so just under, just shy of 100 yards a game, and eight touchdowns. He is pretty much a 100 touchdown, 100 yard, one touchdown machine. Is mm-hmm. is what he is. You can bank on him every, and he's going to do more than that this week. He's going, he's his average is going to go from just under 100 yards a game to over 100 yards a game.
1: I like it. Yep.
0: All right. Uh, so we both agree. Give us. The Seahawks in this one, and yeah. they're going to uh, quote unquote upset the Rams. Uh man, I a couple of these lines I don't between the Seahawks and the Bills. I do not understand those those lines this week. Let's go to a to a game which uh, with a much more uh, logical line: 49ers and the Saints. Saints favored by nine and a half points. What what are your Niners going to do here?
1: Do we have to spend a whole lot of time on this one? I'm gonna tell you right now. I have the I have the Saints at under. Yeah, no, the Saints are covering this goddamn game. I don't They're know if, I, I don't know if you just saw what the Saints did to the number two defense in the NFL yeah, yeah, a yeah, week yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah but, I did. I did. But you're okay. Yep. All right, well, yep. Yep. I will take the the added GPA average. I appreciate that. Um, since week five of this season, San Francisco is in the bottom ten defensively. defensively in opponent completion percentage drew Brees in the last three games has completed 78.9% of his passes. Yeah. They are going to roast this team. I I'm calling, I'm calling it right now. Nick Mullins somehow finds his way. He gets benched again. We see CJ Beathard. Who knows? They, they brought Josh Johnson back. Uh, fucking, who's that? Yeah, exactly. He's played for everybody. I, I, no, this is not gonna be. I'm. I'm really gonna try my hardest not to watch as much of this game as possible. Yeah, you know what? I'm. I'm thinking about it. No, you don't get to change it, bitch. Uh, no, it's nothing official yet. Yeah, I'm changing it. Oh my god! Give me, fucking give me god. the Saints to cover. You're right. Oh wow. Oh, yeah, you made good too job. good an argument.
0: Well done. Good job making Bravo. the ballsy
1: fucking pick Bravo. to take the Saints, who just beat the fuck out of the Buccaneers. Oh, to beat the 49ers who are throwing yeah. out a JV squad. Hey, way to have the balls to do it, buddy. This is for the love of the game. This is why we do it. Fucking idiot. Thank you. Why did you even consider the Saints at under? Why? We
0: saw it with the Steelers. No. This is different. You know, you know where I'm going with this. This is different, though. It, it was the, the hangover effect, right? And no. this was this said all like all the makings of the kind of game that has that hangover—a team you're supposed to beat, you just came off a big this is, win, this like is a, a, a demor, like a, literally you just demoralized and humiliated a, a division opponent. But no, I'll.
1: This is different. The biggest yeah. piece that the Cowboys were missing are Dak Prescott. Shall I run down the list again? Okay, well, all right. Nick Bosa. All right, all right. I D4. know, I don't, I don't hear shut about up. the Niners. Shut I don't don't want about, no, shut up. up. Well, this, we're, ta- we're talking about the Niners. the Niners. You brought up the oh, fucking Cowboys God. during oh, this. Oh, my God. Uh, D4, uh, Richard Sherman. Yep. Quan Alexander got traded uh-huh. to the goddamn yep. Saints. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Quan Williams. Raheem mm Mostert. Mm -hmm. I don't care about Tevin Coleman, Diva Diva Samuel Uh, Jimmy G whatever the guy Mm -hmm. who's going to be putting his house up for sale next year Uh Um, Uh fucking George Kittle how about that the list goes on and fucking on okay the Cowboys were sorry before Dak went down okay Okay? yeah Um, but
0: To answer your question, I was looking at, at this as a potential hangover trap game for the Saints. <sighs> but, but the thing that the thing that I remember, too, is that the Saints are, you know, the Niners, correct me if I'm wrong, beat the Saints last year. Yes, they in did. A in a playoff game. Very,
1: in, no, in a very thrilling was, 48-46 win in the Superdome.
0: Yes, and that was when George Kittle... Yes. Uh just absolutely went beast mode yeah. uh, and made that catch and he decided to just like yeah uh, dragged like, three people down for like 15 yeah, yards and then got a Shut Norris the leave. fuck out of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you know, uh now that I think about it, I think the Saints have enough reason to want to beat the Niners for them to be caught off guard for this to be a trap
1: game. So give me, yeah, I'll take the Saints to cover. All right. Let's move on. Oh, what a pick. Oh God. You're so good. You should be getting, you should be getting paid to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're right. Bengals and Steelers, Steelers, seven half point, uh, favorites. I'm taking the Steelers to cover in this one.
1: Yeah, me too. Make your case. I'm done talking first.
0: <laughs> so the Steelers, uh, have one of the most dominant, uh, front sevens uh, they're going to see in this league and the Bengals have one of the worst offensive lines. Joe Burrow has been nothing short of incredible with what he's been able to accomplish this season. And I'm sure he's going to have a couple of great plays in this one. I'm sure he's going to surprise people with with some things he can do in this one. But at the end of the day, Joe Burrow has struggled when he has faced a lot of pressure. I mean, this is a, a team that's given up seven sacks, eight sacks in single games And when you look at the Steelers and what they can, they can do they're going to make life very difficult for Joe Burrow. And and they're looking to rebound. They just had, they, they had their disappointing game of the season last week that, you know, they already had that. I don't see this being another occurrence. Um, They're not going to do that back to back. So give me the Steelers, the Steelers seven half point favorites. I honestly, I would have taken them at 10 points in this one. Um, I don't think this game is going to be very close. I I just don't.
1: Ten points I would have considered taking the under. But Burrow is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Right. At 28. The Cincinnati O-line ranks 27th in the NFL in pass block win rate. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, leads the league in sacks. And yes. ranks second in the NFL in pass rush, pass rush win rate. And then you want to flip it over to Cincinnati's front four. They only have eleven sacks this season, and they are now playing without one of their biggest defensive key pieces in Carlos Dunlap, who now plays for the Seahawks. The only there's only there's only one way. There's only one way I, I don't see the Steelers winning this game, and that's if big if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play. Hmm. He's currently on the COVID list. He was considered high risk after – I can't remember who on their team tested positive after the win in Dallas. Um, but he hasn't practiced all week. If he continues – just like Stafford last week, if he continues to test negative – up until Sunday morning, then he, right. he he'll be good to play, right. and you don't have to worry about travel restrictions because they're playing at home. Right. Um, that is the only way I don't see them winning this game. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Who, who, who's fucking Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs? No, sorry. Even with that defense, <laughs> yeah. I could see I could see Joe Burrow pulling something out of his ass if Ben Roethlisberger wasn't playing quarterback, but. Yeah, no, I don't have much faith in really anybody on that Cincinnati side of the ball. Even with a, even even if even
0: if Big Ben were to were to sit this one out, you can make a strong case for the the Pittsburgh defense outscoring the Baltimore offense. They they wouldn't Baltimore. be favored to do it, but but you can make an argument Baltimore. for it.
1: Excuse me the the uh, Bengal. This is happening on a fucking every episode occurrence. What is you need to go? I'm get old, checked. man. I'm old. You need to go get checked, bro.
0: You're you're I'm old as fuck. I'm very old. I'm very old. Um. So we have the Steelers covering. Yeah. Any yeah. statistical insight that you haven't already shed that you'd like to share with us?
1: Mm, no. I mean, Mixon's already been ruled
0: out for this game. Mm-hmm. So Joe Bernard. I would say he's a waiver wire pickup, but uh, he's playing as a Steelers defense, so I, I wouldn't really say that. I've got him in my top 20 this
1: week. Oh. I got there him in go. the top 20. Yeah. He's towards the bottom half of that 20, but yeah. he's in there All strictly right. off volume alone.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, look at the Ravens and the Patriots. Baltimore, <clears throat> seven-point favorite. And uh, look, uh, is there's is there something <laughs> I'm not aware of. Like, did is Lamar Jackson on COVID 19 restrictions?
1: Oh, oh no. I thought, I thought you were going to make a case as to how hard it was going to take the set the Ravens at seven.
0: No, this is like, this is one of the many baffling lines I've seen this week. Yeah. Where, yeah, like, I get it. The Ravens aren't playing all that great on offense, they're still putting up over 20 points a game, you know, like, the, They're not doing it pretty, but they're still getting the ball into the end zone. And the Ravens' defense is just dominant against the Patriots' offense that is just not. I don't – what am I missing here? Why is the line only seven points?
1: I don't know, man. This was legitimately the easiest pick I had to make. You talk about – the Patriots – last week on Monday Night Football of the thriller of a game that was the Patriots and the Jets. (laughs) Yeah. It turned into more of an exciting game than it should have, and that's actually more of a fucking bad type of thing against the Patriots than it is good for the Jets. Mm -hmm. But New England, in their defense, just played their first turnover-free game last week. First time they did not give up the ball. Oh, there you go. Unfortunately, you got Baltimore coming into town, who has a plus-four turn, turnover differential in the NFL this season, tied for sixth best. Now, it would be a lot higher than four if fucking Jackson, if Ole Lamar would stop turning the goddamn ball over. Correct. But, I mean, if, if there's if there's a week that, that you're going to build that turnover dintra, differential up, yeah. it's going to be this week. Baltimore's not – Baltimore's not going to have to do anything special on no. offense to win this game. No, the, I actually, I, 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 when I fucking read this shit, it actually baffled me because I didn't even know this was possible in the NFL that not only like of late, but the NFL I've grown up watching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Patriots have failed to throw for a touchdown in four consecutive games. Yeah, no but, passing touchdowns. Yeah.
0: That does not bode well for them because the Ravens defense are playing against has given up a total of 17.8 points a game uh-huh. has four interceptions forced 10 fumbles has 24 sacks uh-huh. and has, and has scored, has scored four times. The, the Ravens have scored four touchdowns this year on yeah. defense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't even. I can't even. I don't. I don't even have to look at any statistics. I know Cam Newton does not have four tuss, passing touchdowns this, week, this year. There's no way he does.
0: I will. You know what? I will look it up for
1: you. There right is now. no fucking. How can you go four games in today's NFL without a passing touch? Well, I mean, you can make the case that well, they're not winning those games outside of the game against the fucking Jets.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Cam Newton has two passing touchdowns. That's what I thought. That's <laughs> two what I thought. Passing touchdowns.
1: But I'm sure he's got I would th- be well I'd hedge my bet saying he has five rushing touchdowns. He has
0: eight. He has eight. Mm. He's 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 getting to the end zone on the ground. Wow. Um so so there's Unfortunately, that. that is not
1: the Bill Belichick way.
0: That that is not the, the Bill Belichick way. Um and then you you look at you look at Lamar Jackson for all that we've talked about how much he struggled passing the ball this year, and he has, he has Lamar Jackson through those struggles has at least thrown 12 passing touchdowns to only four interceptions. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see this being a seven point game no. or anywhere near a seven point game.
1: I'm and telling you right now, if this line was at 14, I would still take it. Yeah, uh, the, the would, only way
0: this game is close is going to be in garbage time. That, that's the only way this one's going to be close.
1: I know. Uh, I just, I just there's, there's no room for optimism or let's make an argument for – there's yeah. not. The Patriots are fucking terrible. Yeah, they're really bad. They're really bad. Trying <sighs> to throw their hats in a couple weeks too late for that Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Yeah, yeah, they are.
0: Yeah, they they really do need a quarterback too. It's it has been mind blowing because Cam Newton. I don't I don't ever recall Cam Newton being this bad of a passer. And I'm not sure if mm-hmm. it's all him or not, but like Cam Newton has had good seasons passing the ball. He's had bad seasons passing the ball. But even in those bad seasons, I don't recall him being to the caliber where through halfway through the season he only has two passing. Touchdowns.
1: Up to this point, no. His granted he was
0: out for a couple of games, but whatever. Like, still, he's played six or seven games. He should have more than two passing touchdowns.
1: But when you're talking about Cam Newton has never necessarily been a prolific passer of the football either. His best season could seasons. But you're not looking at his statistics, you're looking at where the Panthers were finishing as a whole. Okay. Especially when the Panthers were good on defense. Like Cam Newton's, his fucking completion percentage has stayed around the 55 to 57 percentage mark for most of his career. And that is what like you can make the, yeah I mean, sure, you can sit there and go say, this season he doesn't have any type of weapons. Right. Sure. But like, when you've got a Steve Smith, when you've got a Greg Olson, Like you had weapons. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you had you had a running game that was heavily underrated. Yes, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart were your running backs. D'Angelo Williams was heavily underrated. He didn't do. He wasn't super great as a fantasy aspect, but that man, D'Angelo Williams, was a motherfucker when he was a when he was playing RB one for Carolina. Sure. I just I. Go ahead, I th- go ahead. I think Cam Newton, I understand why he took the minimum deal to go to New England. One, it was probably the only offer on the table. Uh-huh. And two, he took that minimum deal. He's like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I'm going to show everyone the fuck up. Right. And he hasn't. He's looked. I've never seen Cam Newton look this bad throwing the football through his entire career. Mind you, right. this was once an, This was this guy was once an MVP.
0: He, he and again, he he wasn't a horrible passer. Like like yes, he he that hasn't necessarily been. He wasn't exactly an elite passer, but through the first eight uh, uh, years of his career, he threw for at least three thousand yards in every one of them. Most years, he was over thirty five hundred yards, approaching four thousand. He always had more touchdowns than interceptions, right? And uh, and you know so and i'm not looking at last year that excludes last year which was the year where he got hurt he only played uh for like what one or two games um but you compare it to what he's done this season and he's on pace to to miss the the 3000 yard mark and he has two touchdowns to seven interceptions he has a He has thrown three and a half times more interceptions than touchdowns. And this man has never outthrown interceptions and touchdowns before. I don't know what's going on there. It's a bad fit. The receivers are not doing what they need to do. He is not doing what he needs to do. It's just a hot fucking mess on offense. And when you look at a team like Baltimore's defense, which is very aggressive, very dominant, and they're going to, get pressure on the quarterback. They're going to force mistakes and they're probably going to score a touchdown this game. Let's be real. They're, if, they're, if I had to bet on a game where Baltimore's defense is going to score a touchdown, give me this one right here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I just, I have no faith in any, any as, aspect of that new England team nope. to try and even make this game competitive. Okay. Yeah. It, it went down to a game winning field goal against the Jets. You got the Patriots are getting their dicks kicked in and it's not even going to be fucking close. Right. Right.
0: Uh, I agree. So that wraps up this segment. Next up, we got two games left to talk about and those are going to be our upset picks of the week. So stay tuned and find out who we got. All right, let's get to it. It is time for the upset picks of the week. Tyler, give me your upset picks. You peasant.
1: Okay that was unnecessary. We got the Texans on the road at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland is favored by three and a half points. <clears throat> Nick Chubb expected back in the lineup for the first time since suffering a knee injury in week four. Obviously we saw I mean we saw in those coming weeks how drastically Nick Chubb's absence affected that offense. Cleveland had the best rushing attack in the NFL before Nick Chubb went down. Um, And Kareem Hunt wasn't – we all thought he was – he should be able to, but he did not – he was not able to pick up that slack. Um, And Houston is dead last against the run this season. Giving up an average of 159.5 yards per game, and everything I just stated sways into the Browns' favor going into this game. But God damn it, in Deshaun, I trust. I I don't. I, I I don't see how the Browns win this game. I don't. The Browns have looked so – they are the worst – the Browns, in my opinion, are the worst team with a with a winning record up to this point. They are. Okay. You can have a good running game. That's great. And Nick Chubb coming back, he is questionable to play, looking like a game-time decision, but everything is trending in the direction for him to play.
0: Uh-huh.
1: With that being said, though, knee injuries are – catastrophic when you're looking at the running back position. So if Nick Chubb plays, is he going to be on a snap count? Is Kareem Hunt going to see the field a little bit more than he would with with a healthy Nick Chubb? Deshaun Watson has six consecutive games with multiple passing touchdowns, the second longest streak only behind Russell Wilson. I think Deshaun wills this team into a win. Mm Mm-hmm. And the last note that I have uh, the, uh, attached to this game, um, it's in it's in full caps. I do not believe in Baker Mayfield. Sorry. Give me Deshaun, baby. Give me, give me the Texans. Texans to pull off the upset.
0: Yeah, I like everything you said. I agree with. It's why, like we, like for those of you listening. Me and me and Tyler had a pretty hefty disagreement about. Well, maybe not hefty, but we had a disagreement about who was going to take this one as their upset pick of the week. Because I agree that I don't think the Browns are going to win this one. I mean, I called dibs. You did call dibs, I suppose. The look, the Texans' defense is terrible. And it, like you said, it plays into the Browns, especially if they go with the run game, which who knows if they are, they aren't, but the Browns aren't especially good at on defense either. They, they've actually given up a shit ton of yards and a yeah. shit ton of points, right? The, yeah. the Browns are also bad defensively. And you ask me, who I have more faith in is it the Browns offense or Deshaun Watson I guess get me Deshaun Watson. It's
1: fuck. Yeah, dude,
0: you made the exact same argument I would make. Like, I'm, am I allowed to pick like, this is your pick, but am I allowed to agree with you on your pick? Is that we haven't covered this territory yet. This is, no. new, this is new.
1: No, I we've never I agree we've, with you. We've never agreed on an upset no, pick. We haven't. We haven't. We have, you have to roll with the Browns much like I have to roll with I the have team to roll that you're bringing against. I have I, to I, I, yeah. Give me the Browns you, and under. Give me the Browns and under then. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, right. I can't are, take them you're, over. You're, 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 you're trying to salvage a C. You are fucking, you are the worst, dude. You know that? Like, I under, dude, I understand your skepticism, okay? Like, I understand oh you're trying to save the <laughs> GPA a little bit. I get it. But not one time through this podcast have we ever had the same upset pick, which we're not allowed to oh. because that would cut our segment in half plus I don't th- I, I really don't think we're gonna find a week for the rest of the NFL season where we're gonna see a line like especially like there weren't so many standout games mm-hmm. this week as mm-hmm. opposed to like you know uh, there's there's at least two or three games you could pick each week right to where it's, yeah you know its yeah yeah I could see it you can make a case no bro give me. Deshaun Watson and that Houston offense. I understand the Houston defense has been bad too. Yeah. They have. Yeah. I mean, dead last against the run, and that's Cleveland's strength. Yeah. I, ah, uh, I, I don't know, man. I have more faith that Deshaun Watson can pull more out with Will Fuller. <laughs> Brandon Cooks uh and, and well David Johnson is not playing this week so didn't have to worry about throwing him in my yeah.
0: got
1: uh, good but,
0: old Duke Johnson in there you got
1: Duke Johnson going up and the, um, who knows maybe that's a little bit <clears throat> I think it's actually better. added. Yeah. added fi- it's but it's added fuel to the fire yeah Duke Johnson was on the Browns he was. Duke Johnson he demanded was. a trade out of that organization and landed with the texans mm-hmm. maybe it's a little more fuel to fire than now he's the rb one and he but gets like to his former team kind of a forgotten revenge game of sorts sure. yeah sure yeah
0: man i yeah i i guess i You're can't pink. take the You're- texans fine fucking give me the browns uh, that are under no nah, i'm not right I'm not taking the browns that are over because i don't fucking believe in the browns all right. right, how
1: salty are you going to be if the Browns fucking put him, put him go up and pull off the uh, go right, and right, score more than four points? Yeah,
0: by the way, the line is a three and a half. Po- I have the line at three and a half points. Is that what you have, what it have? Yeah, okay. that's what I have. So, lines three and a half <laughs> points against uh, obviously Cleveland, there, uh, the favorite one. Uh, for those of you guys who are listening, I, I don't think I said it yet. This podcast, but. When when we make our predictions, the line we have at the time of the prediction is the line that we roll with when we grade ourselves at um, on the podcast for the report cards that comes out after the games. So um, just to be clear, the line that whatever the line is at the start of the games, that's not the line that we go by because right. we use the ones that we're making the predictions by. We
1: do we do this we do these episodes picking each week's games. Friday evenings. So mm-hmm. whatever the line is Friday evening, that's the one we are rolling with. Because I mean, <clears throat> lines change, mm-hmm. people go in and out mm-hmm. Saturday. And then before game time, I mean we saw it with the 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 Colts and the Titans game when we picked right. it Tuesday. It was in two points in favor of of Tennessee and then it moved to even Thursday morning. Right. So so let's right. go ahead and
0: look at the, the very last game, uh which I had to like you don't understand how pissed I was I couldn't take the Texans. Like you don't like I was digging for another team, like, all right, who is at least a three-point underdog that might be able to eke out a win? I
1: personally thought that you would take the Broncos over the Raiders instead of the uh, team that you picked. No. Uh, I I don't get it. I
0: don't so get it. Bro. I have the Bears upsetting the Vikings um the the Bears are three-point underdogs to Minnesota which is weird you don't usually see a team with a winning record this at this point in the season uh being underdogs. so a team that's like what they're the Vikings in are three and
1: six um make your case bro but, make your case like your I, case. Get, I
0: I get what the line is what, what what it is because the Bears have been awful. On offense, they have been a hot fucking mess. All sorts of terrible. However, the Bears do have one thing going for them, which is one of the best rush defenses in the league. And the Vikings, let's not get it twisted. The Vikings are not a good passing team. They rely on Dalvin Cook. They rely wholeheartedly on Dalvin Cook. If the the Bears can slow down Dalvin, they're not going to shut him down, but if they can slow him down enough, like they were able to slow down, they were able to slow down Derrick Henry, right? If they can slow down Dalvin Cook, they have a shot. Because Kirk Cousins, when he doesn't have the pass game, when he has the run game going for him to open up the pass game, has looked like dog shit. So... I have, to, I have to make an upset pick, and it can't be the Texans. So here is mine. Uh, I will take the Bears. They will slow down the rush defense enough to make Kirk Cousins throw the ball, which is a disaster, and they will win. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Give me the Bears, like, I don't know, like, like 17 to 15, some fucking weird-ass score like that.
1: So – Here's the only stat I can offer you to help your case. Okay.
0: I'll take I'll take whatever I can get at this point.
1: Kirk Cousins is 0 and 9 on Monday night football. Yes, he is. That is the longest losing streak by a quarterback on Monday night football. Yeah. He is yet to win on Monday night. Unfortunately, the team he's playing. Much worse on offense than Minnesota is. So bad. Chicago is averaging, and and I I actually had to Google how to correctly spell this word to make sure I could get it in there. Uh-huh. An abysmal nineteen point eight points per game. Wait,
0: you had to Google season. abysmal?
1: Yeah, I didn't go to fucking college, bro. Okay. okay. And I understand that I'm the only one looking at this and no one's fact checking me. And I could have spelled it however the fuck I wanted. And I probably still would have spelled or said it correctly. Uh But I just wanted to make sure grammatically I was correct because you're a fucking cunt. Right. 19.8 points per game. Averaging 82.6 rushing yards per game. They ranked 31st in third down conversion Mm -hmm. and 31st in yards per play at 4.81 yards per play. Dalvin, you're right. Chicago, like Chicago's got an elite defense, and the way to slow uh, Minnesota down is take away Dalvin Cook. Yep. Dalvin Cook's going to face a fuckload of loaded boxes. Unfortunately, Kirk Cousins is a lot. You can't say Kirk that the Minnesota passing game hasn't been good. I mean, if you if you're just looking at the last two weeks, they haven't had to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, here's the crazy thing. Like I, I agree with you. Look, we look at look at these two teams and their passing attacks. Kirk Cousins, all right. I'm gonna read you some stats. Kirk Cousins, 1,855 yards. Nick Foles, 1,746 yards. Pretty comparable. All right. Okay. What does, uh, let what me, let does me, Kirk Cousins have? Let me let me just keep going here. Kirk Cousins, 15 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Nick Foles, 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Uh obviously like higher numbers for Kirk, but the, the ratio is almost exactly the same. Um, but Kirk Cousins has done all that, has thrown more touchdowns, has thrown more yards, even if it is close. In 70. 70- six less attempts. Like, it is pathetic how much Nick Foles has thrown the ball and how little he has produced. It is truly pathetic.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That would be why they are the second of lowest yards per play in the NFL. Uh Uh-huh. You can load the box against Dalvin Cook. They're going to figure out a way to get the rushing game going. Mm -hmm. And... If you can't, he Kirk Cousins has two very dominant receiving options on the outside. Load the box. One of them's mm-hmm. gonna get loose, whether it be Adam Thielen or it be Justin Jefferson.
0: Justin Jefferson's <laughs> played very well this year.
1: Uh, unfortunately for the for the bears they're going to have to stop loading that box so much because the vikings have the capabilities to burn them in the pass game which when you look at that chicago defense their weakness is pass they're great against the run they're stout against the run but when you're talking about where their weakness is it is in the pass game yeah it's
0: it's going to be a rough one. Um. Yeah, it's. Uh, but, but, but at the same time, the Vikings have not been. I mean, there's a reason why they have a losing record, right? And it is because that, despite all that Dalvin Cook has done, despite all that Dalvin Cook has done, they've managed to be bad enough in the other facets of the game that allows other teams to still beat them. So the question is, is that going to happen again today? And this is a game where the Bears are much better on one side of the ball than the Vikings are. The difference is the Vikings are much better on that other side of the ball. So it's your classic, uh, you know, is the offense going to beat defense or is defense going to beat offense? And you know what? I honestly think the Vikings are going to win, but I have to take an upset
1: pick, so fuck it. I'm going to make it the Bears. Here's – so – I understand you're not happy about your pick unless, you know, the bears end up pulling this one off and I don't want to hear you come on the goddamn recap podcast. Go see, I fucking told you. I'll fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play back the sound clips of how reluctant you were to take. I have it'll, to... it'll be, it'll be a very salty win.
0: Like if I, if I somehow get this one, I, I'll be very salty about it. But
1: um, here's a little, I'll leave, I will leave you with this buddy. Here's a little fantasy stat, right? Uh-huh. So looking at the last two weeks, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara have combined for 83.5 fantasy points. Combined over the last two games. Pretty impressive. Not um, bad. Quarterback running back tandem. Uh, Yeah, over the last two games, Dalvin Cook has 87.8 by himself.
0: And that's without the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I don't see. Dalvin
0: uh, Cook's on uh, another planet right
1: now. What's what's more impressive to me, honestly, is like not so much a week ago, right? But his involvement in the past game, it's. uh, It's underrated. Dalvin cook is a very underrated pass catching back. Like he's you, you think Dalvin cook, you think he's the fucking, he's the workhorse. He's the, we're sending this He's the bell cow. We're sending up the middle every fucking time. The dude has very quick feet. The dude has great hands. Like Mm -hmm. he can burn you on screen Mm -hmm. passes. He can burn you on halfback angles. Like, this dude, like, in my opinion right now, Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the league. He reminds me a lot
0: of the kind of game that LaDainian Tomlinson used to have. LT, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, in my opinion, the greatest running back to ever play. Yeah, I, That's obviously an argument for another day but one of the, one of the greats you can you know that's, that's Absolutely. not to be one Absolutely. of the greats. And, um, the, 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 thing about LT was so good at was being well-rounded as a running back. He you could give him the ball, run up the middle. He could go run it, run on the outsides. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. And that's exactly what Dalvin cook is. He's a multifaceted running back that really is uh, excellent in multiple parts of the game. And that makes him so dangerous. You know, where he's looking at like, a Derek Henry. Yeah, when it comes to running the ball, he he's as good as it gets. But he's not going to be the factor in the passing game that Dalvin Cook is, right? right? Dalvin Cook is truly, truly a threat. Anytime the ball goes near him in any capacity in the game. Um, and that reminds me a little bit of the Dane Thompson. And the current mm. stretch he's at, those are the kind of numbers that LT was doing, except LT did it for almost a full season. So
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I, I mean, the only knock against Dalvin Cook is the fact that he's had – injury problems yeah. through his career yep. and yep. Uh, dude, if he can sustain a full fucking season and not get fucking it, it, he could he i mean I, you can make the well i mean he's doing this he's had this two game stretch right now right where he's had over 200 scrimmage yards and multiple touchdowns in in two straight games
0: six um, touchdowns total in, in yeah. two games yeah
1: uh but, um, and he's doing that on a bad team. Like yeah. yeah, you can make the case where if he stays healthy and Minnesota gets addresses some of their issues, like, yeah, Dalvin cook could very easily be putting up LT type numbers.
0: I, I think that if you are a Dalvin cook fantasy owner, though, one thing that you do need to have is his backup running back because he is injury prone and he is getting a ton of usage, a ton yeah. of volume right now. Um, and, and you know, especially like l- let's say the Vikings do lose this game, right? That, that I'm sorry, they were three and five, so they're three. And, they they will now be three and six if they lose this game. If they have a couple more losses, let's be real, they're not going to be competing for the playoffs anymore. At what point do you shut a guy like Dalvin Cook down, or do you at right. least start to you know like kind of limit his his snap count? Right. Um. And so, if, if the vi again, this is a big caveat, if the Vikings don't start. Uh, winning games, and they have won the last two. So, so kudos yeah. there. But yeah. if they don't continue that trend of winning games, and they lose their next couple, two or three games, then Dalvin Cook's fantasy value will drop. Because let's be real you you don't you don't want to take that kind of production and waste it on a wasted season and inj- right. and, worse, and <laughs> risk the injury. So, You're right. Uh, that's all I want to put out there, um, Tyler. Any last insights or comments you want to say to all our listeners?
1: No, great episode, bud. Um Can't wait to see how our picks turn out. I, I, I'd be willing to bet this is probably one of the weeks where you and Hyatt we, we 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 didn't differ on what we picked, but we we, we picked a couple of lines a little differently. Huh? Um, so I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Um, I
0: am too. I am too. And it, you know, it's one of the ones where normally we have the kind of freedom to do whatever the fuck we want, but because we both had the same same pick for the upset pick we kind of had to enforce our own rules against each other a little bit and uh you know kind of force some differences so um oh by the way i'm guessing you're taking the vikings in this one uh i didn't get the final line did you take them to cover it's three points
1: oh yeah yeah Uh, i i had them at two and a half three yeah yeah i got the vikings covering this game okay
0: um all right well we'll see how these play play out i think it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, we'll go from there. Stick around uh, for tomorrow. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We will be releasing our fancy picks of the week. That should be out sometime in the afternoon, uh, depending on what time zone you're listening in from. But that does it for today. That's all I got. Tyler? Yes. <laughs> all right, everyone. Take care and good night.